This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Welcome to another edition of another Dolphins podcast. The Miami Dolphins are looking to bounce back after last week's struggling match against the Buffalo Bills. But we have some breaking news to get into before we talk about the New York Giants and the Miami Dolphins this weekend at Hard Rock Stadium. Before I get into all this information to talk about, though, Joshua Houts, come save this uh, intro for me, my friend. Probably still better than I would have done. But um, yeah, man, we have some breaking news to discuss. It's Friday. Um, I had an early dismissal at school. Is that what you call it? Uh, I know you were really upset. Call me a boomer for that, but um, I'm doing good, man. Uh, you want to jump into this news or do you want me to bring it up? Because it's, um, I don't know if this is how we thought we were going to spend our Friday doing this podcast, talking about a Chase Claypool trade. What about you? So the New England Patriots made a trade earlier this week and they traded a late round pick. Uh, it was a late round pick swap for JC Jackson, right? And the Patriots did that because they need a starting cornerback. They did a late round pick swap for a starting quarterback. It was announced on Friday that the Miami Dolphins were involved in a late round pick swap. It was not for a starter, was not a starting center, not a starting linebacker. However, Joshua, the Miami Dolphins thought we should bring in Chase Claypool. That's what this team needs is a Chase Claypool. So, Josh, what on earth do you have to say about that? Yeah, so the Bears, um, you know, they just, what, last year or whatever, gave up a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. Now they just gave up uh, Chase Claypool in a 2025 seventh-round pick in exchange for a 2025 sixth-round pick. So the Dolphins pretty much did not give up anything. And, um, you know, we just kind of talked about this throughout the last few pods about needing that bigger target. You know, I kind of even think I joked and threw Chase Claypool's name out there. But this is a guy who, um, you know, at one time a lot of people thought he was promising, right? And to think about what's going on right now with the Dolphins receiving corp, and it feels like every year, you know, we come in thinking highly of the cornerback room, you know, the receivers. We don't need that anybody at those positions. Then they start to fall. I mean, I think this says a lot about Eric Ezukoma's injury and, you know, how long he could be out, and then River Craycraft as well. So the Dolphins saw an opportunity to, you know, bring in a talented young player who, you know, let's be honest, is probably on his last leg with any NFL team. 
based on some of the reports out of Chicago. So um, he wants it bad. The Dolphins saw an opportunity to go out there and get him, and um, I'm intrigued by it for sure. But I know, never thought we'd be coming on here talking about Chase Claypool, um, you know, before the Giants game. Definitely a low risk, high reward type move too for this Dolphins team. Uh, River Craycraft, he's also on IR, something to keep in mind too. And there's just a lot to like about going for a player like Chase Claypool. He's about to enter free agency. He's only counting, what, two mil against the cap, and none of that's guaranteed, I believe. And you said it, Josh. You hit the nail on the head. This is someone who has something to prove in the NFL. So far this year, he has four receptions on 14 targets for 51 yards and a touchdown. And there's a lot of people out there like, oh, you know, we don't need someone who's going to cause problems in the locker room or, you know, have these outbursts to the media. Because one of the things that happened with Chase Claypool is he was a little bit frustrated. He wasn't getting any extra targets or different things like that. All of a sudden, he's not getting any targets at all. He's not even active. Uh, I think it was two straight games he wasn't active. So the Dolphins thought, all right, let's bring him in. And two, Josh, something to keep in mind. What did people say about Robbie Chosen when he first joined the Dolphins? Was he, wasn't he supposed to be a little bit of a headache? I think things are a little bit different when you have a Tyree Kill and a Jalen Waddell as your 1A, 1B. And you see, you know, what what Robbie Chosen do when he was able to get on the field, right? He caught a 60-yard touchdown bomb, which probably is going to keep him on some team's practice squad for another two years at least. Who knows? He could even bounce back more than that. So there are opportunities in the Dolphins' offense, and I think Chase Claypool knows, knows that. Yeah, man, um, not to get too nerdy and throw out stats there, but through his first two seasons with the Steelers, uh, 121 receptions, 1,733 yards, 11 touchdowns, had some rushing attempts, and then he went to Chicago and only had 18 catches and one touchdown. So um, which Chase Claypool are we getting here? But I think you're right, man. I mean, if he can go to any team and turn it around, it has to be an offense like Mike McDaniels, you know, with a receivers coach like Wes Welker, learning from Jalen Waddell. Um, Tyree Kill, he's still a young player. So um, it is worth noting again, like you said, he will be a free agent at the end of this year. So say he does ball out. I mean, maybe the Dolphins, can you get a conditional pick if he balls out and leaves? I mean, I don't know exactly how that works, but um, this is a guy who they had an opportunity to go out there and get somebody who does something different than these other guys. Yes, he's fast, but again, he's six foot four, man. So um, definitely intriguing. I thought it was funny. There was a quote from Chase Claypool when he was asked about uh, being at in with Chicago, and he's like, obviously there are other places you can say, oh, I want to be on the best offense with the highest passing yards, but that doesn't happen in football. You just have to make do with what you got. And, you know, I think like a week later now he's traded the Dolphins, you know, highest passing offense and all that good stuff. So intrigued to see how quickly he picks up this offense because, as we know, it is an offense that takes time and – I mean, Eric Ezekoma was redshirt the entire year because he couldn't pick it up. So how devoted is Chase Claypool and what type of role can they forge for him? But um, Mike McDaniel's probably licking his chops a little bit. I don't want to instantly like like point my eyes at like the shiniest, flashiest opportunity possible, but everybody knows about that four-touchdown performance Chase Claypool had his rookie season against the Philadelphia Eagles. And it was kind of funny because at first I saw a three-touchdown performance, and I was like, Three touchdowns, yes, it's a great game, but I thought it was like a little little higher up. I think he actually made some photoshops about it. And then I realized his fourth touchdown was a rushing touchdown. That's the one I missed. And all of a sudden, man, the gears started going. I'm like, oh, no, is this is this going to be someone who can fill in for Eric Ezekoma where he, when he's coming uh, until he comes back from this neck injury? The, the gears started going. And then, you know, Josh, you look at these stats. 62 of 109. I don't think he's going to get 109 targets, but 873 yards, nine touchdowns, a three touchdown game. I think this is a fun, fun red zone target that the Dolphins are going to have. Uh, something they've really been lacking. 
Yeah, weren't we talking about Matt Collins too? Jokingly, I mean, yes. this is that this is that big potty now. So it'll be interesting to see the way um, they utilize him, and you know how quickly again he can get out on the field. Because, like you said, man, this could be just you know as simple as run that end around like uh, Eric Ezekoma did and give him a couple touches throughout the week. And I don't know if you saw it, man, but Tyreek Hill was tweeting now. He was kind of stoked about it. It seems like uh, the Dolphins locker room is going to be welcoming him. But if for some reason this does snowball, I know a lot of people. Everyone wants to say he's a cancer. Isaiah Wilson was a cancer too, right? And they snapped their fingers and got rid of him pretty quickly. So um, the Dolphins don't owe anything to keep Chase Claypool around. But um, I also think Omar Kelly said there might be an injury to Braxton Berrios too to watch. So, you know, we could use him and now's the right time, right? Get him acclimated to this offense now. So um, when we're trying to do this thing late in the season, um, maybe Chase Claypool can make a difference. Josh, we're both two really positive Dolphins fans. We like to get hyped up about players. Um, yeah, Robbie chose it. Palmer, yeah. up, asking me to get hyped up about a mid receiver. I mean, this is my kind of. <laughs> if this is a receiver that's a 70 in Madden, there's no doubt that Josh is going to absolutely love him. Uh, but hey, thinking about that Buffalo Bills game, one, it was weird because Braxton Berrios led the team in targets. But two, Robbie chose it, got targeted once in coverage, Josh. And what happened on that play? The pass sailed a little bit and it ended up in an interception. And, you know, there can be an argument to be made that Tua could have thrown the ball a little uh, little lower. There could be an argument made that he shouldn't have gone for it or he shouldn't have thrown the ball at all. However, things would have looked so much differently if Robbie Chosen was a player who is known for uh, going up and catching the ball at the high point, the Mike Gusicki, the Devontae Parker. Chase Claypool is someone that can do that where when you see the safety deep and you are uh, still – in front of your cornerback like that and, and kind of sandwich between them, you can throw that ball up there as that jump opportunity. We saw it happen with Raheem Moster, and he actually made the play last week. Uh, but that's where I see this happening. I'm not trying to, like, hate on Robbie Chosen, but I think Chase Claypool has a little bit more flexibility, and just being able to go up and high point the ball can be such a difference maker when, you know, defenses are playing you to uh, really force the ball into those tighter windows. Yeah, and let's be honest, Tua has already shown before that he can make those throws. I mean, there's a couple fades that he threw. I mean, he can hit Tyree Kill, you know, in a window. So um, it'll be interesting, again, to see how it all works out and to see how devoted Chase Claypool was. And I do think uh, – I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me. I do have a bunch of quotes or a few quotes. But the one that's really stuck out was, you know, Mike McDaniel was asked, I guess, about the reputation that Claypool had throughout the league. And he's like, I'm a guy that wants to see it to believe it or something like that. You know, everyone kind of has a clean slate. Um, I can hear that he's this guy and that guy, but I want to see it for myself. So, um, again, it's going to be up to Chase Claypool, which version we're going to get of him. But, um, you know, he's hanging on by thread, and you would hope that he wants to go out there and do the best in an offense that, you know, he could only have dreamed of he'd be in a couple weeks ago. And it's kind of refreshing, too, just to reflect for a minute. I mean, we're so used to, you know, having the Dolphins, like, need these veteran receivers to come in and, and be productive. Um, the scenarios I look at are Chad Johnson. The Dolphins really would have loved for him to come in and be good. Uh, there was another player. Oh, I just had at the tip of my tongue. Uh, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is the Dolphins are in such a great scenario where they don't need to, this isn't a desperate move, right? This is an opportunity for him to come in and make plays. But in reality, the Dolphins already have one of the best passing offenses in the league. So it's just a little refreshing that we kind of get to be in a situation where players can come in and prove it. And you're not just sitting there begging, like, please, look at Udine, be that guy we need on the outside or whatever, you know, random free agent receiver you want to bring in. It's nice knowing that, hey, we can make sure that they have time to adjust to our system instead of throwing them right into the fire as well. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember what year it was, but I think it's probably going to be a lot like that time uh, Randy Moss went to the New England Patriots, right? This is pretty much that type of move. Oh, yeah. this, this is our Randy Moss. For Maple sure. Yeah, well, how many? 20-plus uh, touchdowns. So, um, 
that, that's what we're expecting out of these people. But in all seriousness, uh, it's nice to see the Dolphins, right, throwing these um, darts and trying to take a flyer on these guys who, you know, other teams in the years past might do that and they'll end up having success, you know? To switch it just a little bit, we have some more injury news for the Miami Dolphins, and that is that Teron Armstead, starting left tackle, is going to be placed on injured reserve. He got rolled up during uh, during the Buffalo Bills game, was forced to leave about a third of the way through the game. So Teron Armstead ended up playing a game and a third before suffering the injury that is going to keep him out at least four weeks. Uh, according to Cameron Wolf of NFL Network, Mike McDaniel is expecting it to be closer to that four-week mark. Which, if you start kind of doing a little bit of math, a little bit of research, that puts you in Germany against the Kansas City Chiefs. And two, with that, I don't know if you'd activate Tron Armstead just to go over to Germany and then have a bye week. Uh, but Josh, this isn't really too unexpected. It's very disappointed. You know, we see that you can have a Kunga line out on the out in the end zone when you have someone like Tron Armstead with you. But um, yeah, it seems like uh, the Dolphins are going to be relying on Kendall Lamb for a little while longer. Yeah, and I mean, he looked solid, right, when given the opportunity, but this is not what you wanted. I mean, I mean, at the beginning of the year, you could have asked us who would, you know, would be that domino to fall that could ripple this entire season. Two would have been one, and then I probably would have said Teron Armstead, number two, but, you know, maybe we're starting to see it could be Connor Williams as well. So you hope Kendall Lamb can continue to play at that high level that he was playing at, um, but this is not what you want from that guy that, you, you know, gave X amount of money to. Um, has really not played a healthy season. I mean, I think I've written down he's only played one 15-game season in his 11-year career. Um, so, I mean, we knew what we were getting when we signed him. We knew throughout the year we were going to be missing Teron Armstead. So, you know, I guess it's I'd rather it happen now and hopefully get him back, you know, the same time with Jalen Ramsey and some of these other guys, right, and hope to ride this wave. But uh, it just sucks because your offensive line is so much different with the Teron Armstead in there, but you just can't. You just, I feel like even next year, can you go in there feeling confident that you have a guy at left tackle? And then what do you do? I think you already restructured his contract, right? So that's already spread out throughout. Um, I'm spitballing here, but it sucks losing Toronto instead. Well, yes, you'd love to have a guy at left tackle, but the Dolphins are in a pretty, pretty decent situation where they have a couple guys at left tackle. Kendall Lamb in relief. He has allowed six hurries this season. He's not that great of a run blocker, uh, but that's something the Dolphins are going to have to deal with all throughout the offensive line. You consider that this rushing attack just continues to be bananas either way, despite the fact Tron Armstead hasn't played a lot. And Josh, I think that's an awesome point you make where this team has some time to get healthy. They know what they're competing for, right? Every game's important, but they're 11-point favorites. I think that's even grown since I've looked that up uh, over the New York Giants. So you want to be safe with your guys. I think Tron Armstead, uh, there were rumors that he was even trying to beat that four-week time, but the uh, Miami Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, it seems like he says this quite a bit, and it's certainly understandable that he's keeping it safe with his guys. He'd rather play it long-term and hope that, hey, if we keep him out this extra couple of weeks, maybe he'll be better down the road. Because, Josh, there are also scenarios where you could bounce people back and it's hard not to see what's happening in Cincinnati with the Bengals. And you wonder if they kind of just shut down Joe Burrow for two weeks, you know, you're still losing games to begin the season. And all of a sudden you wonder, Hey, if we just shut him down, would he be back? And the outcomes would still be the same. Those are those second guessing situations you don't you know, want to get yourself into. So I understand them being safe and holding out Armstead for the extended period of time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I'm good with it too. And I'm sure Armstead would love to be out there. But, you know, with the way the schedule's starting to look, I mean, we don't want to say it's an easy schedule, right? Right now, but we got some winnable matchups coming up. And I just feel like um, it is better to, you know, do the precautionary thing. And again, they already saw how Kendall Lamb looked, right? I mean, you had to feel pretty confident in that and, um, and knowing that he can step up when called upon. So um, we'll see. But again, it definitely sucks when you're paying Toronto Armstead all that money. And, you know, he's proven to be a leader and proven to, you know, be the orchestrator of that Congo line, you know, so it's, it's a bummer. The Miami Dolphins are hoping to get back on track. Three of their first four games were on the road. They are headed back to Hard Rock Stadium this Sunday to welcome in a New York Giants team that is absolutely struggling. Josh, you, you guide us here. What do you, what are you feeling? You want to start with offense? You want to start with defense? What's on your mind? I want to start with, Let's start with defense. I mean, is not is it not the defense that we really want to see step up this week? I mean, um, I think we had written down that Daniel Jones was sacked a total of 23 times now um, this year. I think 11 last week. I mean, this is an opportunity for that defense to get right. Andrew Van Ginkle has proven to be, you know, dynamic off the edge, has proven that he can be that guy week in and week out, at least so far throughout four weeks. But who else is going to step up? We heard Jalen Phillips, Connor Williams. I know that's the offense side of the line, but I think Mike McDaniel said they're evaluating them – um, today, later today in practice. So uh, we'll see if they start or if they play, but you just want someone else to step up and to get that pressure on the other other side because um, as we saw last week, if you're not pressuring a quarterback, um, it doesn't matter who that quarterback is, even if I would prefer Osmosis Jones over Daniel Jones. <laughs> Josh, last week, Josh Allen threw for 320 yards and four touchdowns. And I was trying to think of a way that we could compare Daniel Jones to Josh Allen just the obvious stereotypes we can go with. I was going to say, I mean, discounts pretty generic. I'd even say Daniel Jones, if he buys the battle pass, I don't even think he's still on Josh Allen's level. I can't think of a funny like way to describe those two. Um, but what I see here is just a great massive opportunity for a get right game. Daniel Jones has been sacked seven times in a game twice so far this season, including last week against the Seahawks where he was hit 14 times. Uh Last week, he threw for 203 passing yards, two interceptions, including a pick six. And Josh, I kind of look at this as like a stuff the stat sheet type game. I look at what Khalil Mack did last week with six sacks, two forced fumbles against the Raiders. This Giants offensive line is missing three pieces. And then you don't really want to look at stats too much, but you see this Dolphins defense, Andrew Van Ginkle, three sacks. Nobody else has more than one. This is the type of game where you can really start to balloon those stats quite a bit. Yeah, and then you put, uh, you know, all that giant stuff, you know, those self-inflicted wounds, the injuries, the how atrocious they've been. Um, then you got Vic Fangio, you know, wanting to prove that he's worth all that money, right? Wanting to prove that this everyone on this defense wants to prove. Um, you know, that heading into this year, the hype was 
warranted because let's be honest, man, it's been a little bit of a downer despite playing a Chargers team that's very good, you know, despite playing a Bills team that's very good, still been underwhelming. So I'm with you, man. I think this is an opportunity to get right. You mentioned the injuries to the defensive line. I mean, and you just look at it top to bottom, it just looks like – Offensive line, yeah, yeah. Uh, you just feel like top to bottom, the Dolphins' defense can take advantage of this one. So, um, yeah, this is an opportunity to get right. But saying that and hearing it out loud doesn't that make you just think, "Oh no, this could be that you know trap game, right?" Quote unquote, the doom that's sneaking in. But honestly, Josh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to hype it up because I've tried to be the doom and gloom type of guy, but it's just so hard not to like this matchup for the Miami Dolphins. Um, Al Michaels during Thursday Night Football, uh, he defined. Uh, DJ Moore's performance, three touchdowns. He went absolute bananas as like a Pro Bowl trip in one game where like you only need that one game to really define a Pro Bowl performance. Obviously, you need to play throughout the whole season, but just that one game that can really just balloon um, what everyone feels about you. That's what I think can happen against the Giants here. Uh, the Dolphins pass rush, just 10 sacks on the season, which is 19th. Going against an offensive line like this, man, it's going to be really hard to talk back a situation where if they don't tee off against Daniel Jones and there is a situation where Saquon Barkley can come back, but this is a player who's dealing with a, a, what is it? A high ankle sprain. And then you add in what left tackle, left guard and center all projected to not play on Sunday, man. There are no excuses where you should see uh, a party in the backfield at at Daniel Jones. Yeah. I mean, and you're starting to scare me because now I'm just thinking, Oh, that's so dolphins. I mean, you want to see Bradley Chubb get a sack as well. I think I've written down, 43 total points on the year for the Giants, um, you know, this entire season. Three points last week against the Seahawks. I mean, this is the opportunity for the Dolphins to just take advantage of it. You do hope, um, you know, for as dynamic as Saquon Barkley is, if he's out, I mean, that's definitely a game changer there. I guess I'm a little bit worried maybe about Darren Waller. I don't know your thoughts, but I still feel like tight ends can give the Dolphins a little bit of a trouble and from everything i've read and seen based on this giants offense you know daniel jones likes to force feed him and speaking of daniel jones he does have a little bit of that athleticism to him right that um geno smith thad lewis all those guys that we got ej Manuel that we got uh let you know run run on us a little bit so we got to watch this but um dude if the dolphins don't go up there and just you know if they don't if they don't just lay the wood to this giants team i mean it's there's no excuses do you know who the giants backup quarterback is no it's another one of the uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm kidding. It's another one of the rushing quarterbacks that have torched the Dolphins. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I just looked it up. I forgot I had their depth chart pulled up. Tyrod Taylor. Oh, man. What if they what have would... like uh, wildcat packages or something for Tyrod Taylor <laughs> the... to run against us just to cause nightmares? <clears throat> the dangerous uh, dual quarterback option. Yeah, that would that would. That would actually scare me. When you're 11 point underdogs, maybe that is something you do try. But Josh, what would it mean to have someone Jalen Phillips return to the lineup? He's missed uh, almost two games at this point with uh, back oblique injuries. And you look at Daniel Jones, 6'5", 230. I mean, that's why we were so excited for this defensive line entering the season. These big quarterbacks, Daniel Jones, I even look at Josh Allen, you have these two monsters on the edge who can really uh, disrupt the game. What would someone like Jalen Phillips do to this matchup in terms of just the Dolphins defense winning at the line of scrimmage? Yo, first, let me just say I misspoke. I think I said the Dolphins were going up there. The Dolphins are at home this week, so I misspoke there. But, I mean, I think you asked me on the last pod what it would mean to get Jalen Phillips back before it was, you know, announced he wasn't going to play. And it just means everything, right? I mean, getting him back healthy when you need that extra pass rush when, you know, I don't want to say Bradley Chubb isn't getting it done, but, you know, I feel like they have another level that they need to reach. And I feel like Jalen Phillips always brings that high motor. You know, you mentioned how big he is and how disruptive he can be to, uh, you know, Daniel Jones. 
I think it would mean everything to this defense. And, you know, then you have AVG that you can move around, do different things with. You know, we heard about him playing inside a little bit. Is that a way for you to get him out there as well in some packages? So um, I, I would be interested to see it. But, again, the one thing that you got to like about Mike McDaniel, you know, to a fault, though, he likes to keep these guys out, you know, for better or worse. So um, I hope Jalen Phillips is out there this week, but it does sound like everything's going to come down to uh, this Friday practice. But it would mean everything to that defense, man. And – Two, just having everyone healthy, it gives us such a good idea of how the coaching staff feels about players. Because I think if Jalen Phillips is healthy, the the next domino to fall is is David Long Jr. back in the doghouse. The linebackers struggled against the Buffalo Bills. So you, you put in Jalen Phillips as the head rusher, and then all of a sudden what you're doing is you're moving Andrew Van Ginkle to the inside, and he actually hasn't been awful in coverage so far this year. I'm not saying he should cover Darren Waller in coverage by any means, but I do wonder if that would be a domino to fall or if uh, David Long is going to just still be that guy and, and Vic Fangio saw some things to like where, hey, the Buffalo Bills, everything was going right. Sometimes, like I said in, in the recap pod, you get punched in the face and you got to move on. Yeah, I was a good joke. We just figured out how to stop the Bills, right? You have X line up on Stefan Diggs, and then you have a healthy Jalen Phillips, and then you have AVG at middle linebacker, you know, blitzing and adding that pressure right there. That's how that's how you beat the Bills. That's that'll be the game plan later in the season. We'll we'll clip this audio. <laughs> Easy, Josh. You just summed it up. It's like when you if you want to stop the Dolphins offense, you just pressure them at the line of scrimmage and you have nothing else to worry about, and then you'll just beat them right there. Last week against the New York Giants, Devon Witherspoon, uh, the fifth overall at the fifth overall pick out of Illinois uh, for the Seahawks had two sacks, a pick six, three tackles for a loss. Josh, I think Daniel Jones really struggles when the uh, opposing teams bring extra blitzers, especially out of the secondary. If you had to pick one guy in that Dolphins secondary to be that real disruptive guy to be in Daniel Jones's head all day, who is it? I mean, the answer is Javon Holland, right? But I was going to say Brandon Jones. I just don't know that this coaching staff seems to trust him in that way, but you know, in years past, the Blitz boy would have been the answer, but I'll go Javon Holland. Was that going to be your answer? Who are you going with? Dude, I completely agree with you. I think back to the Denver game where Javon Holland was all over the field, the two forced fumbles. I think when you're not facing a superhuman type offense, I think Javon Holland has opportunities to have these just like really thick stat sheets to um, really talk, to put him in the conversation as one of the top safeties in the league too. No, go ahead. I was I was just raising my hand because I wanted to ask about Deshaun Elliott. Do we know if he's playing? Because that changes everything too, right? That that allows him to m- m- move uh, Javon Holland around a bit more. That's a great point. I think he is actually trending in the right direction too. Another, I think he was one too that they were feeling pretty good last week, but they wanted to hold out. I could be 100% wrong about that. Uh, but Josh, I think that's a great point either way. If Deshaun Elliott is involved, you might see a lot less Brandon Jones or you might see him just all of a sudden be that blitzing uh Blitzer on the outside, and who knows, maybe some snaps at linebacker just for a little more physicality and, and hopefully a, a, a some quick strike run blocks or something like that. I don't know. I, I'm shoot, I'm trying to figure out some way to get Brandon Jones involved after a tough game last week. We'll see if Vic Fangio can come up with something. You, you would hope he could, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But overall, man, I, I do like this matchup. The Giants have some speed on the outside, but I just don't know um, – how often Daniel Jones is going to be in a situation where he is going to be interested in looking downfield. I think this defense should really pick their game up and it's going to start with the linebackers. I think this is the game where we do see Jalen Phillips. We see Bradley Chubb really take over and, you know, middle of the first quarter, early second quarter, the dolphins have that, you know, 14 point lead and everyone's kind of like laughing that that's what the expectation should be for this defense, especially after a couple tough outings against good offenses like the chargers and like the bills. 
Yeah, I mean, if we want to keep saying this isn't the same Dolphins and, you know, you want to be a legit contender in the AFC and the NFL, you know, we're talking Super Bowl and things like that. You got to be able to take care of business and you got to be able to, you know, bounce back after that dreadful performance last year and, you know, quote unquote, take it to Daniel Jones, the Giants, because there is an opportunity there with or without Barkley or whomever else they might have. It's so funny, Josh, because you might not believe this, but Tua actually played okay against the Buffalo Bills last week. 282 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. That's like that's like a month of Daniel Jones passing yards right there in one game. And we're saying that's average from Tua. So before we get into the nitty-gritty here, uh, just big picture, man. The Dolphins' offense, even when they're bad, they're still kind of scary. Yeah, I saw someone say that that probably would have been um like that was Zach Wilson's best career game to his worst game this season, right? And I, I was exactly. I, I don't know that I really saw so much of the hate. I mean, I guess it was going around on Twitter or X. I try to try to stay off there as much as I can nowadays at times. But um, I, yeah, I didn't think it was that bad of a performance. I thought, you know, he had that typical to a um, interception, you know, right to the guy. But other than that, I mean, he was. Again, looked the part of what you want out of your franchise quarterback. So um, I think he's going to get back on track this week, right? I mean, there's an opportunity there just like for the defense. There's an opportunity there for the offense to bounce back after only putting up, what, 20 points last week in a divisional game. Now you got the Giants at home. I mean, this is their opportunity to bounce back. And you want to see Tyreek Hill get more than five targets, right? Jalen Waddle more than five targets. I know Braxton Barrios looks solid this year, but again, that was one of those things that we had on our list of things we never want to see again right after last week was him leading this team in receiving or targets. So um, I'm excited to see this offense bounce back, but it's going to be a tough task with that defensive line of the Giants. Would you say you're kind of confident? Because I mean, I would that that Braxton Barrios will not lead the team in targets again for the rest of the season, because I I feel pretty confident saying that. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. I'll, I'll piggyback on that with you. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I mean, he's a great receiver and he's a good option to have. But something that I want to put on put on your radar, Josh, Tyreek Hill in, in both the divisional games so far this year, I wouldn't say struggled, but he has not been nearly as involved as he uh, you know should be. I, I look at last week, five targets, three receptions, 58 yards. The Patriots game, I think he had like 40 yards. Do you have any type of concern about those divisional matchups or is it just too early? And, you know, the Patriots and the Bills, they knew right away, like, hey, if we got to take away anything, it's Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I think it's probably too early. And I mean, at that point, I mean, New England, they really didn't see that A-H-N, you know, that dynamic, did they really? I guess that was a little bit after that. So I, I think it's a little too early to say, but, um, you know, that's just, they have all the all season to game plan for this Miami Dolphins team, right? And I mean, they're probably sitting there staying up late at night, like Wink uh, Martindale's, did I say his name right? I think I did. Yep. Uh, staying up at night, you know, thinking about this deep, uh, offense and what it could do to him. So I'm not too concerned yet, but you definitely want to see him step up in those later divisional games when the Dolphins are going to need it most. I got to read you this quote, Josh, because Wink Martindale said it so perfectly. And it's because like the, the offense has Waddle, or excuse me, has Hill, Devon Achan's blowing up. But, but Josh, the question remains, where on earth has Jalen Waddle been? I think that's still just the one piece that's me- missing to make this offense just absolutely horrifying. And that's after saying they scored 70 points in a game. Yeah, I think they might be slow easing him back into everything, right? He was banged up a little bit. But you keep saying that, and I every, I think I need to tweet out, like every time we talk about it on the pod, I should tweet out that where's uh, Waddle um, Photoshop I did because that, that's perfect. But, yeah, man, he still you know hasn't lived up to the hype and the potential that we all thought he had heading into this year and what he would do in the next step in Mike McDaniel's offense. So, um, yeah, where is Waddle? When is he going to step up, and when is he going to show us that speed that's frightening so many defenses? So the Giants – 
Opposing quarterbacks have a 95 rating, which is 21st. And the Giants are also allowing 11.5 yards per completion, which is 25th in the NFL. This is what Link Martindale had to say about what it's like to try to prepare for this Miami Dolphins offense. He said that his wife called him last night before she went to bed. She, She said she was worried about me. She said, are you getting any sleep? I said, yeah, I'm sleeping like a baby. Every two hours, I wake up and cry and go to the bathroom and try to go to back and get some more sleep. So I just thought that was really funny. You could see that it's someone who's been in the league for so long who can kind of have a little fun, the, the lighthearted humor. And you kind of got to approach it that way when you're facing an offense that, like I just said, you know, put up 70 points. Yeah, that quote was amazing. And it just shows that he's having fun. And to me, it was my first realization that the sleeping like a baby, does that mean a bad thing? Because I always thought it meant like you were like sleeping all nice. And, and then I thought about it. I was like, in Wait, this one. It's like okay. a, a two-year-old baby compared okay. to like a two-month. Well, that's what I was going to say because I'm like, my kids, yeah, I can see that now. Sleep like a baby all my life. I thought it was a compliment or like it meant something good. And I don't know. My babies uh, haven't really ever slept too well. So, dude, uh, it's keeping everyone up at night. And, I'm again, I don't know that the Giants are going to have any way to stop it. And, you know, later down the road, what are the teams going to do when they add their Randy Moss and Chase Claypool to this offense? That's what everyone's asking. And, Josh, we haven't even talked about one of the most impressive parts of this team well, we mentioned his name, Devon Achan, 300 rushing yards in over a two-week span. Uh, the Giants are allowing 4.3 yards per carry. How do you see this offense really getting going? Is it going to be the passing attack early to get that lead on the Giants where the defense can pin its ears back? Or do you see the duo of Achan and, and Raheem Mostert, despite the two fumbles last week, and just kind of let them go do their thing? Because, I mean, they've been virtually unstoppable so far. Yeah, that's a good question, and I wonder how much the defense is going to dictate that, right? Even they stack the box, obviously, Mike McDaniel, and they're going to want to throw on those, uh, you know, the heavier boxes and then the lighter boxes, you know, they'll take advantage of it with the run game. So, um, yeah, man, I think another thing that we never want to see again either is HN only having eight carries, right? I mean, for as good as he's looked, I saw that, and, I mean, he's still at over 100 and, what, 102 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, I think they'll come into this and they'll want to establish the run game, but – um, I, again, the biggest battle to me is that offensive line versus their defensive line. Um, Connor Williams sounds like he's playing, so I, I want to see how that works out. But find a way to get those carries up and don't really abandon the run game. I know Mike McDaniel said after that Bills game, you know, maybe I abandoned the run. And, you know, I think he might have, again, uh, did it a little bit too soon. So feed those guys because they're also playmakers, even though they get overlooked when you have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and some of those, you know, flashy, speedy receivers. I think that's probably going to be the tightest matchup of the day the Miami Dolphins offensive line against that Giants defensive line Dexter Lawrence his 90 PFF pass rushing grade ranks third um you also have Leonard Williams there who's also a stud against the pass and then you have Kayvon Thibodeau who has three sacks on the season he had two last week against the Seahawks it's worth noting the Seahawks are playing without both their starting tackles um so they're a little weak on the edge Josh does this matchup have you feeling a little queasy or can you go back and think about the idea that hey Tua wasn't sacked in two of the first three weeks, or are you leaning more towards, oh my God, uh, Liam Eikenberg-led offensive line allowed Tua to get sacked four times? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Yeah, I'm I'm closer to the Queens. That's the pessimist Dolphin fan. I mean, I will always root for them, and I'll always predict them to win. But right now, man, I'm feeling queasy about that offensive line. Would love to know whether or not Connor Williams is playing. You got Teron Armstead out for an extended period of time, so that's making me a little queasy. And you just look at it. You didn't even mention uh, Az- I'm going to butcher the name. I even did the pronunciation and all that before. Aziz Ajaleri, they're uh, another Beautiful. pass rusher. I did nail that. And then uh, Isaiah Simmons, a versatile linebacker that can do a lot of different things. So there are some playmakers on that defensive side, but you know, most notably Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Thibodeau, like you mentioned. I mean, how does this offensive line go toe to toe with that? Because we saw last week they seemed a little bit in over their head against what the Bills were throwing at them. And this is another very good defensive line. So um, yeah, this one's a toss up, and it's gonna be one of it's. It's not. I was gonna say it's gonna be one of lost in the trenches, but. I don't know if that's the case, right? I feel like the Dolphins could lose the battle in the trenches and they should still find a way to win this game by what? Three touchdowns? Win it, yeah. Win it in every other every other aspect of the game. Josh, this is going to be a really silly question, but uh, Kat and I were talking about this yesterday and he said the one scenario where um, the Dolphins might run into some trouble, and I'm completely paraphrasing here, but if the Giants come out and they score on the first drive and, you know, the defense after last week kind of gets the, the tight butt cheeks in the words of Tyree Kill, you know... <laughs> He had a quote saying that earlier this week, which is pretty incredible. So we all are under the impression of you always want to defer to the second half. But could this be a scenario where if you think that the only way the Giants can be really involved here is if they punch you in the mouth early and make you a little nervous? Do you think the Dolphins might want to take the ball to start the game here? And then you have a situation like the Denver Broncos game where the second play of the game, you're in the end zone and all of a sudden there's nine minutes left in the first quarter and you have the ball back with a nine point or excuse me, seven point lead. Yeah, that's fascinating because I agree. I mean, if they come out strong right away, right out the gate, I mean, then we might be facing a, a Giants team that's determined, which we you can't overlook that, right? They're one and three. Brian DeBole, I mean, he paid he, two. yeah, and he knows the back of uh, two is like the back of his hand. You know, maybe he knows something about that keyhole accuracy and how to defend it. But in all seriousness, I think, you know, keeping the ball away from them, that wouldn't be a terrible idea. But you wonder if Mike McDaniel's stuck in his ways where, he always defers, you know, if if he wins a coin toss. Because I don't know about you, Jake, but every time I play Madden, you know, if you win that coin toss, you kick and take the ball after halftime because, uh, you know, you get that defensive stop. Things are looking up for sure. And then, yeah, you score right before the half. You get the ball after halftime. Pat worded it perfectly. 99 out of 100 times, I'm definitely kicking the ball away to the second half. But I think it's more that we just do these pods so much that in this scenario, we just talk about things so much where, hey, let's take the ball. We have a good offense. Why not? And you pro- you might want your defense out there, right? They maybe they want to go out there right away and prove that last week was a fluke. Because I mean, let's be honest, they got their ass whooped last week. That's a good point too. That is a very very good point, Joshua. Before we wrap up here, I gotta get a game prediction from you. How you feeling? What's the final score? All right. Um, I don't know why I had this number in my head, but I was gonna write it down earlier because I thought I'd forget, but I actually didn't forget. 34-13 Dolphins. I think they get back on track again. I think this defense has been underperforming. I think the offense um wants to get back on track, you know, from what we saw the first few weeks compared to last week. So full team effort. Everyone's back on on track, and it is a dominating win, 34-13. What about you, Jake? I, I like 37-14 right in that area. I, I like the idea of um, two field goals over the touchdown where the Giants can move the ball a little bit. I think this Dolphins defense is going to look much better, but I do think there's going to be still some growing pains until you start to see players like Jalen Ramsey come back. Um, Josh, I, I want to go back. I, I might sound like a broken record here, and I apologize, but the idea of a stat-stuffing game, like Khalil Mack against the Raiders, DJ Moore against uh, Washington last night, 
if you had to look at one guy in this Dolphins offense to be like, oh, wow, like like before and after this week, all of a sudden they're involved in the you know top 10 receivers or one of the top running backs. I guess we already have the top three running backs in the league, so that doesn't really count. But who do you think has that stat stuff in game on the offense? Can we say Waddle? I mean, I want to say he, Waddle so badly, man. I was going to say, so you, you said it last week, and he still has those two touchdowns he owes us. And I feel like, you know, if anybody could have that explosive game where he gets that much, the, the, that crazy amount of yardage, you know, two or three touchdowns, it could be him. I I definitely think that's the right answer. So I'll go Jalen Waddle, and it sounds like you would too. If you were um in fantasy, I, I want to get your thoughts on this because I know you have a lot of Dolphins. In fantasy, are you still comfortable starting Raheem Mostert? For now, it depends. It depends how my roster looks. So, like, I've, I'm in the league I have him in that I'm starting him in. It's a little bit dicey, and I, I need those points. But uh, it's definitely a chance job to lose. I mean, we all kind of um, unanimously said it. He's probably the RB one, right? I agree with you, but I, I still think Raheem Mostert is just going to have like at least 15 plays a game, and those 15 plays, I mean, we've seen it. One can just be a 60 yard touchdown out of nowhere. If it was a guillotine league, and you know they're we're down to 14 teams right now. Obviously, we lost four. Would you, would you be fine starting Mostert there? Because at, at some point, I just need points, right? I don't want goose eggs or, like, two points. I just need that, like, that hearty seven point, like you had soup for lunch just to get you through the day. Yeah, and it's probably PPR, right? Because I was going to say, yeah. I, I mean, First I feel like that. count, uh, you and get that, points and see, that. And that's why, that's why I am okay with him still being in my lineup in that league, I said. I mean, I know my roster is a little bit iffy, but, yeah, man, I think you're right. If you want consistent points, go for it, but. Um, who would be your other option? I mean, that kind of makes oh, it a little it, easier, but it'd be like waiver wire, like I, I like okay, middle of the yeah. Week. You roll, you roll, you roll with Mostert for sure. The the idea above anything here is that there might be other like it's weird to call Mostert an RB two, but there might be other players on that same level, but like they're middle of the pack teams. Like the Dolphins right. are the best offense. 40, 40 points a game, give or take. Like you need to have every piece of that as possible. Um, there was one more in, in the guillotine league. Would you'd be cool starting Tua too? 14 yeah. quarterbacks. You think he's gonna be one of the top 14 quarterbacks this week? Yeah, is that how it works? Yeah, yeah, I think he will for sure. Yeah. I like it. I like, I like it. All right. That is it. I hope everybody out there is having a wonderful weekend. I hope the weather down in South Florida is a lot nicer than it is up north. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. Go Dolphins. We will talk to you. We will have a game recap following the Giants game. But until then, fins up. Fins up. Fins up.